Welcome to Two Arabs and a Podcast, a show with no limits. Dating, business, martial arts, self-defense, and the life of two Arabs in America. Arabs in America. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your hosts, the owner of Warrior Academy, the son of an immigrant, international traveler, black rank in Krav Maga, a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and Brazil's national champion, and of course, 2018 self-defense instructor of the year, a bodyguard and military combative instructors, none other than Franz Azar, joined by his co-host, Omar Aswan, the owner of Warrior Tactical Training, Published author, doctor of criminology, world traveler, fluent in four languages, a military combat contractor, and a first-generation immigrant. The show begins now. Welcome to another great episode of Two Arabs in a Podcast. I'm Omar Aswet, and uh, joined today with Philos. Happy 2021. Yeah, we made it, huh? <laughs> Finally, right? <laughs> so, uh, Omar, uh, I think we got. Uh, we want to kick off the new year with, uh, we're getting a guest. You want to introduce him? Exactly. An amazing guest. Caleb has been a friend of ours for a, a minute now, gave an amazing presentation at our gym, and he is a mental sensei. So uh, what a better person to have to start the year with than a mental sensei, how to set goals and how to stay motivated and overcome the funk of 2020. And the thing is about him, what makes uh, Calvia also unique, I, I my, myself, when I started following him on social media, is just the idea of him He even talked to fighters. If our, um, you know, our our, uh, our fans always understand, we are kind of fight around. I mean, we're kind of influenced a lot with the fight game because all of us are in it. Yeah. And it's a big uh, thing about it. But Caleb is also like one of the guys that really, I mean, I will have him say what he, you know, he does. But it just, uh, I was very intrigued about how some of the fighters were talking about how he guided them and stuff. And I, when I used to be active, I remember how injuries plagued me. Yeah. And after the injury, there's a whole different mental game that comes in. And everybody think, all right, you're healed up, you do uh, PT and all that, you come back. I was like, no. I mean, I remember for the longest time, and I wish I had someone like him in my life back then, when I tore up my knee, man, you could not let me do one takedown. Yeah, I, I just can't. It was that fear. The fear. Of the it was that ego that just got yeah. burst out. It was just so much. Honestly, what makes Caleb unique to follow up with what you said, Philos, I think he's, you know, when I think of mental sensei, I think of a hippie doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Caleb works with a lot of fighters, professional athletes, and a, and a guy that's successful and not the bullshit of, hey, let's uh, uh, dream it that it will come true, which we know people that, you know, yeah. say that, but he's actually legit in what he does and an amazing person what he does. So, Caleb, Happy New Year's and uh, welcome to the show. Well, man, thank you guys so much after all that. That's very high praise. I'm just honored to be on your podcast. Appreciate you all having me out. Yeah, so, no, don't undercredit yourself, Gabe. You really do a great job in this city. We're very fortunate enough to have somebody like you here. So, well, thank, thank you. you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everybody who's listening. Happy New Year to you guys. It's an honor to be on the show. And as you guys mentioned, hey, we want to talk about goal setting, kind of how we get over 2020. You know, that was kind of a bear of a year. You know, what do we do with this? Well, you know, I started you know, back in March and, and, you know, fights stopped. Business is shut down. Right. And, and in that moment, we had to create order in the chaos. And so I had, you know, I went on a, about a 12 win streak with with some of my fighters who basically had no camps, had to bring out their camps, create them organize sparring partners, organize mid-session and still go out and, and conquer. And in the very beginning, when this all kind of hit, you know, I think you're kind of faced with a choice. Anytime you have a stress response, it's going to hit to your fight or your flight mechanism, right? You're going to shut down, you're going to kind of wither, hide, or you're going to go out and, and fight, do what you can. And what's very important, I tell everybody, anybody that I work with, you know, when I first started mental coaching, I was like, you know, we're going to break the neck of fear. We're going to crush doubt. We're going to hammer that shit. We're just going to go drive it home and win. And that was, that was good, very enthusiastic. And it works to a degree. But then I realized that I was like, man, it is actually more powerful to feel your feelings, to use fear. So one of the things that I would tell each and every person who's listening that I would tell you guys today is it's okay to feel. I think oftentimes in this sport in particular, we get kind of this masculinity approach that says, hey, we're not supposed to have feelings. We're just supposed to be hard all the time. Well, fair enough. But you have to feel. You have to feel the pain of 2020. Oh, yeah. 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 We felt it. Yeah. We and, all and, did. You know what? Um, this goes to the conversation us three had privately before the, the show went on air. Um, and if... Uh, 
I, I really understand exactly what Caleb is going to say about the field. There's a couple of um, uh, things we have an app, everybody, I in particular as a coach, I was expressing to Caleb, which I know sooner or later this year we'll have him to come over to help with our team as well. And that's what Caleb is good at. There are people, and I think when I say... I would say younger, the, the, younger, the demographic is different, you know, between male, female, and age. But sure. one thing I have seen consistent, I don't care what gender, is the age demographic. Uh, and when I say consistent about the age demographic, I will talk about the young from the, I will say 16, which I'm a father to a 16-year-old. Well, he's now 17. Man, I feel old. <laughs> so uh, from that age, and let's say, Caleb, let's say, say, Maybe pushing it 30, maybe, okay? But it's that 10, 12-year kind of thing, you know? They now have came, I noticed, is a block. This year's shit. This year's terrible. I don't even think about it. But you notice that the performance, you notice that if you're, like, for instance, you deal with fighters and fight camps. We noticed that the guys were amping up. We got Tyler uh, Rowe, he's uh, our fight uh, yeah. uh, guy, I got uh, a Muay Thai coach, and as oh, me and him partnered up to do this, and he works for us now. And I notice he's always up and be like, "Do it." I've noticed their faces when we talk about 2021. There is doubt. You know, you pick up that vibe, you know, yeah. and I see it in their eyes. You know, before when we talk of fights, you know, oh, everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna." It's not fear; it's doubt. A doubt of it's not gonna happen, or a feeling of also no hope. You know, even as we talk about the vaccine and all that, everybody's like, eh, I'll believe it when I see it. That kind of feeling, you know. And it's worrying me, to be honest with you, because as you understand, that really, um, I think, takes a toll on the performance. I've, sure. I've noticed the difference. I totally see. We have stacked up athletes now in this academy. Like, boys, I look at them, I'm like, man, these guys are genetic freaks, you know. But I tell you what, Caleb. You can see how it takes on their performance. Mm -hmm. I have one of the guys, uh, Todd, for instance. Yeah. See how Todd, Todd is like the monster of the gym. I noticed the days how he's so disconnected about jobs and stuff. He's just a young man, man. I noticed the performance have changed on him. I've noticed that. And me and him had some talks. And he's a very positive guy. He's not the one, oh, gloom and doom. But even that very positive kind of guy, I've seen it, it takes a toll on him. And this is where we're reaching out to see where we go with this. Yeah. You sit in it. <laughs> you sit in it. And, and I don't say that facetiously. You know, the last four or five years of my life, I have been in what I call a desert period. You know, I left a, a CPA mergers and acquisition job to go make a career in mental coaching. And it's been brutal. And along that time, I went from a, a very you know, nice environment, very challenging environment with positive people to myself alone. And what's interesting is now everybody's getting a dose of that. Everybody has to be alone with their thoughts, with their feelings. Right. You know, everybody's got to to do this. And, and, you know, here's the thing. Like God says he will test the heart through fire. It doesn't come light. Tests aren't easy. You're going to get burned alive. And what remains of your character, what left, that's what I want. Because that's a strong, powerful person. So, yeah, we're taking one on the chin right now globally. We are. But you've seen it. You've seen how fighters come back after losses. You see what they do. They're either going to break or it's going to make them extremely powerful. Yep. I feed power. Now to the younger generation, one of the things that I say often is what you feed grows. You can only hammer a culture so long with fear, negativity, oh. or you're going to start getting divisiveness, exactly. stress, divisions and races, classes, okay. everything. Right. But you're not born with a spirit of fear. You're born with a spirit of power, love and sound mind. So what you feed grows. I personally, I don't have any children, but if I do and what I practice in my own life is I limit the phone. Most people start their mornings and the first thing they do, they're hit with articles of global warming, COVID, whatever the, the latest fear or trauma is that's, that's designing political policy. It's too much. So I, morning routines. I mean, if you want to start somewhere, own your morning. Don't let the world tell you how your day is going to be. You tell your world how the day is going to be. There's a great book by, I think it's Hal, I'll have to look it up. It's called The Miracle Morning. Mm. He talks about a morning routine, the savers routine, S-A-V-E-R-S. -E Silence, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and scribing. Now, you don't have to do all of these. But I'm saying 
If you don't have a morning routine, get one. It is the most crucial time in your life. If you take this one habit, this will change your life. Own your fucking mornings. Start them well. Own your evenings. Start your routines well. Mm -hmm. Go to bed. And I tell my fighters, fight week, every week, the week of fight week, we set our tone and gratitude and tone. Tomorrow's going to be a good day. And I have them. I don't care if you're spiritual, religious, anything like that. I want you to list three to five things that you're grateful for that are going well. And we're going to try this now. Actually, I thought about this. I knew this was coming. So, you know, people are kind of wondering, how do I approach 2020? Well, we got to review what happened in 2020. Excuse me. How are we going to approach 2021? we got to review what happened in 2020. I was like, oh, my God, we took a rewind. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, see, hold on. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> yeah. So we got to review 2020, right? And it starts with what went well, what didn't go well, what did I learn, what surprised me. So when you're in your days, you can have these kind of similar days. In the evening, you can reflect on your day. And you can set the tone for tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a good day. When you get up in the morning, same thing. Stanford professor uh, B.J. Fogg, he writes an article on habit building, give a speech, a TED talk about it. He talks about the most powerful habit he studied. The most powerful one with the most downstream impacts is before your feet hit the floor, you say today is going to be a good day. That has more downstream impacts than any other positive habit he studied. My grandma, like she's religious, Bible belt, right? She used to say, hey, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. First thing in the morning. So I got my grandma, grandma's wisdom, and I got a Stanford professor wisdom, both telling me you better start your day out with a positive tone. When you can bookend your your evening and your morning, you're training your subconscious. If it's your first thoughts in the the waking hours and your last thoughts before you sleep, that I have gratitude, that things are going to be good, then we're programming our subconscious before media or whatever else tells us that it's bad, that we're hopeless. What you feed grows. So you have to be intentional about feeding good things. Very true. But, but, But to follow up, the new year started. And a yeah. lot of people are setting goals, whether it's career-wise, whether it's gym-wise, whether it's losing weight, gaining muscle, whatever. You know, this is for general audience, not just fighters. So the question is, it's already hard enough. We know this, we work out. It's hard enough to, to stay motivated, to go to the gym, to eat that chicken and rice, to eat healthy. And now you're having to do it in an environment where it's unknown. I don't even know if the gym is going to be open tomorrow. I don't even know if uh, there are going to be chicken in the store tomorrow. That's when I said that. Uh, There's a lot of doubt. So for the person who is just starting that train of, hey, I want to lose weight and live a healthy lifestyle, let's go. But there's all that doubt that it's outside their control now. So it's already difficult enough. And now we have an outside force forcing you to doubt if you can even stay on track on your your goals. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? Well, two things. Remember when I said sit in the pain? We're, we're not just sitting there for no reason. We're, we're going to use that. You know, I know it gets played out, but your why, when you go through enough pain, champions use pain to power their purpose. If you look and you think about your own lives and you look at those fighters who are successful, do a little digging and see how much pain they have in their lives. They've been bullied, abused, beat up, gone through uncertainty, gone through fear over and over and over again. And it has hammered them into this strong character. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. I, and the general populace has kind of gotten a taste of that right now. And that's why I love working with fighters because they're kind of the edge of the sword. But general populace has been feeling suffering. It's time. It's kind of this reckoning time. Yeah. But we're going to use that. See, like in 2015, I went through a similar year like this. This one has been pretty bad. Uh, You know, I almost died this year. I had a blood clot that went through my heart, went through my lungs, you know, damn near killed me, said goodbye to my wife, said goodbye to my dogs. That was my start. (laughs) That was was back in uh, February, January, February. Wow. Yeah. Then I got a, you know, like I healed, but I gained a bunch of weight. So Mm -hmm. I lost 20 pounds running, doing a bunch of stuff. And then I hurt my knee. I had to stop. Then I went traveling and I got a staph infection. I couldn't get rid of staph infection for over a month, you know? So, I mean, yeah, back to back tough year. 2015, all that being said, was way worse. Lost my grandfather in the beginning of that year, had to have eye surgery, bought a house, had some health problems with my wife. And I, and I told myself at that year, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. As much pain as has been brought to me, like I'm done. I'm going to mm-hmm. suck 
life in the fucking mouth. And I'm sorry to use such harsh language, but it hurts. You got to feel that pain. You got to feel it. So if, if, if you're starting and you're worried about, well, I don't know, the gyms aren't open. I don't know. This isn't open. Then you haven't been hurt enough. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. For sure. that a lot of times when I post pictures in the gym, and a lot of people ask me, they're like, why do you look so angry? And I always respond to the same thing. I don't take pre-workout. My pre-workout is my rage. I think what makes me mad of that day, of that week, what pissed me off, can be completely unrelated. Somebody cut me in traffic, uh, having an argument, uh, business not going well. I take that rage and, and think about it to my workouts and it works really well for me and 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 i feel like that works what you said is very true i mean uh 2007 or 2007 uh the iraqi uh, soccer team won the asia cup despite not having a field a bus salaries and two of the players mothers were kidnapped or families were kidnapped and one of which was killed and they used that pain and won against teams that have uh, flying private jets and coming with all these outfits. And they did They had to pay for their own, own no, jerseys. Top it up, they might get killed if they went back to exactly. And they don't yeah. even have a soccer field. And these guys yeah. showed up won against teams that are budgets sure. in the millions. And I feel like that really works well. And and, and I, I use that every day almost. You know something? Uh, two points. If you guys may, I want to take up. Um, Kelv said something, you said something, and it hit me. And I will explain this uh, because, like I said, we have a general audience, but here's where I come in when it comes to the, what we do, the fight game itself. So just kind of bear with me for a second. This is why I think, and it's not doesn't come as a judgmental thing to say, but when I see the people, how they went in shock of that. So it's called the humbling. Uh, what we do, we get our ass whooped every night. Man, nothing like when you're a black belt coach and you get one of your students just this buzzsaw through you. You know that? But, uh, yeah. You, you know that thing? You get these stacked athletes. I mean, Jesus, you get this uh, uh, a blue belt wrestler or a white belt, and you're like, God dang, man. Yeah. But my point is, one thing I've... Uh, um, I've enjoyed being in the fight game since I was a kid till the day now. Even as me, I'm 42 with all these issues I got, just being around that energy, you know? I think it builds something in us when we lose or we're put in that frustrating corner, we still, there's a way to overcome. Or I learn from it. Like, dude, just let's say sparring session, for instance. You just get blitzed one night. You're like, God. Dang it. Then you come the next day, you want to do jujitsu, and this guy just dr drowns you. But you've noticed those, like, all right, I got to figure this out. The, the brain keeps thinking, you know? And we're thinking about how am I ended up in this and that? Yes, we get frustrated, but I do feel what I'm trying to get to the point is I'm not saying everybody should be in the fight game, everybody should do it, but I do believe if you train in something physically challenging that keeps challenging you and you start overcoming it, you will be. You will respond differently to situations like this. For, I mean, yeah, we all went into shock of what happened, but all of us because of money, business. But if you've noticed, it took a couple of months, a couple of weeks, and you notice the fighters in general. You know, people in sports are figure out ways. Let me yeah. see. That. If I'm wrong, you guys can tell me. But uh, what do you think? UFC was about? first fight back. Yeah, first sport back. UFC. Yeah, yeah. The fighters led the. They led the charge back to adapt. Yeah, I mean, you know, even I, you look at, uh, let's say I love pro wrestling, even by Colin Faker, they kept it. You've noticed yeah. they kept, we got a show to go on. And, and I've noticed that difference. Like, and I even see them. I like reading their Instagrams and stuff, just watching their overcoming, you know, and pushing. But I notice the general public does not relate. You yeah. see, to that overcoming, that feeling that, I mean, think about it. what we do every day. I don't know. I think it's masochist in a way. We just enjoy being put in that corner. Huh? Our hobby, if you think about it, let's but be that, honest. But that, I think to, I agree with you 100%. The average person doesn't go out of their day to fail. Right? Yes. But what we do is when you go to the gym, <laughs> when I go to the gym to lift weights, my goal is to fail is to have a muscle right. failure. That is my goal. That's what I'm there for. So I'm going with the mind that I want to fail. When I'm showing up here to train, I'm not trying to spar with people who are easy and have a good laugh. I'm trying to get my ass whipped so I can learn from it. So we're showing up with the intention of failure is a good thing versus the average person would over project one job 50. 
So we have different outlooks on life. We take it as, hey, man, it's failure is not a bad thing. You're going to overcome and come stronger. And that's why in the beginning of the year, we sat and said, how can we use the failure of 2020 to overcome and improve our business, improve our podcast, improve our this, and make it a strengthening move versus the average person is probably still crying about it in a sense yeah. Uh, yeah. and still heard about it. And still yeah. silly things like I have to wear a mask. Okay, cool. Wear a mask and yeah, you are on with your day. Yeah. Like yeah. you just have to do it. But yeah. It, so a couple things, cause it's, this is, this is an important concept. I've talked a lot about pain and it, you know, there is what we're talking about is kind of what David Goggins referred to callousing the mind, you know, getting yourself used to continually pushing those limits and fighters do that. That said, I'm a coach and there's a lot of different people at a lot of different levels. Some people have much softer minds than others. And it's not going to do us a lot of good to just like hammer them down. Like, Oh, you know, get better, get better. So I, I got a little Goggins in there, but I also got a little bit of myself in there. I think there is a balance. Yeah. We need to feel the pain. You must hurt. We're going to use that. But along the way, we also, like I said, have a spirit of power. We have a spirit of love. Once again, you have to give yourself grace. You have to understand that this is a war, that times are hard, and you have to love yourself through these things to meet yourself where you're at. Because it's very, very difficult to hammer yourself. I should be doing better. I could be doing better. I wish I was doing more and also go win out there. It's a war on two fronts. So it's recognizing I'm, I'm hurt. This sucks. I'm going to do better. Developing a clear strategy, goal setting that we talk about, getting your support network surround you to hold you accountable to that. And then as you continue, and this is kind of a big one for me, make it easy. If your calluses aren't, you know, I, I, maybe this is where I differ from Goggins. I wouldn't tell somebody who wants to run a marathon who's, you know, sitting on the couch being like, okay, we'll just go out and run 10 miles. I'm like, no, 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 no. Start by taking a walk every day. That's where the mistakes happen. See, so you, you're goals. pointing out these over, uh, uh, you know, like making, I'm not saying unrealistic goals or unachievable. You can achieve everything you want, but I think it has to be a little bit common sense in there. The steps to do it. Well, just tell yourself where you're at. Meet yourself where you're at. What is the hard thing for you to do today? Maybe that's, and honestly, for some people, maybe that's getting up out of bed. Maybe you've just been hanging in bed. Maybe that's the hard thing for you to do. You know, maybe it's for calling a loved one that, you know, disagrees with you politically. Maybe that's the hard thing to do. Try to do one hard thing, but meet yourself where you're at because we are working those calluses of the mind. So I kind of coach this system called Kaizen. Toyota used it in their manufacturing. Small incremental changes over time. And I think Goggins, some of your Tony Robbins, Grant Cardones, they're about like big, huge change, right? Well, maybe not Goggins as much, but you know, Grant Cardone is like, hey, take massive action. I definitely am for taking action. I'm not a fan of that at all, no. It's but, not that personal, but yeah, I get it, absolutely. Yeah, but I think it's it's small steps. Like, yep. can we can we get a little bit better? Can we get a little bit better? We learn a little bit more. And along the way, you're going to get knocked. I'm sorry, again, but knocked the fuck down. It hurts. Life hits really hard. But once again, there's going to be that person who like breaks or who is made by that. They stockpile that. I mean, Marcus Aurelius, I'm going to paraphrase him. He's the Stoic philosopher. Says something to the effect that nothing, everything can be used as fuel. It is your job to kind of keep your fire going. And there will certainly be giant people who try to put out your fuel. 2020 laid this big board on your fire. Oh, but that yeah. same thing that you can, you know, that, that is trying to snuff out your fire, you can burn it up live. You can burn it up. Yep. It can make you. It, 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 I feel like, go ahead. Sorry. I feel like when I agree with you 100% in terms of setting goals, the big steps of this is my opinion. I'm not an expert in this. It doesn't work because I imagine the, the two things I see people should join up on January 1st at the gym and they set an unrealistic goal. There might be 60, 70 pounds overweight and they're realistic. They said a goal. I'm going to compete in a bodybuilding show in two months. Well, guess what? You're setting up yourself for failure versus the person who's like, I'm just going to set a goal to go to the gym. That's the goal itself is to go. They're going to be going till the end of the year versus that person is going to a month in and quit. Same thing. If you have a person walking through a, the door and say, "Hey, I want to learn self-defense. I want to learn jujitsu," and and philosophers and, "Oh yeah, I'm going to put you in a fight in two months." <laughs> well, guess what? That guy is probably going to quit, or he's going to join for the first month, realize I'm not good enough, and and doesn't want to continue training. So I feel like these big moves don't necessarily work for a lot of people. I don't know, like to, to whom it works, to be honest, because I don't think it's just setting up yourself 
two fails. I mean, uh, one so of the things good. that uh, got me very um, intrigued by Calvin was, say, for instance, he hit the nail, hammer nail. You get this guy like Tony Roberts or Cardone, big, big, kaboom kind of thing. But here's what I want to say, and I will also say you as one of my students and my business friend too, um, it's unrelatable. Caleb is relatable. There's some, when you talk, exactly. when you said, everybody feel, okay, you see eye to eye, you're not this billionaire sitting on your ass like, do everything you can do and you'll achieve it. Uh, well, really, it's easy for you to sitting up there while I'm eating shit every day. And honest to God, I had people, you even said it to me, when people come to my gym, then they see me. Of course, I look intimidating in my pictures. <laughs> but when they see me, like, well, this is a five foot seven, 185 pound guy. And okay, you know, he's not big, you know, and my coach, my seven foot tall. <laughs> so when he gets something, they're like, well, of course, you know, he always had that curse. But till they met him, if you listen to him, he knows how to put the level down. But when you see him, you, you can't relate. You're like, of course, that punch will work. Look at your size. But <laughs> when I come in and explain it, even when I teach women, they feel, okay, relate. there is a relate here thing. I can relate to that. I can understand. Like when I teach guys, like especially like little guys, I'm like, guys, I feel it. I'm always under some big dude just hammering the hell. I, mean, I don't know how that feels. So it does that click in him. Okay, I'll listen. And honest to God, this is what I see about you, which is great. It's not just, I'm not talking about looks. It's just the way you present it. And what it's so relatable. Like these guys will throw so much big in my idea and things that I'm like, somebody's like, if life really fisted them, you're like, what the hell this guy knows exactly. about this? How does he understand? <laughs> They'll start relating stories. I used to be homeless and you're sitting there staring at him like, okay, dude, I mean, you know, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And I think it's important never to lose that. Um, you know, I have been homeless, by the way. <laughs> but that being said, you know, when when I look at these guys, I think kind of like Bruce Lee said, I don't want to vilify them either. You know, yeah. I, I look for wisdom in all sources, whether exactly. that be, you know, Grant Cardone. I, he's helped me. He, the guy knows how to sell. Do I totally align with his philosophy? No. You know, but I, same thing with Tony Robbins. Like, I've got a lot of material from Tony Robbins. And you're, you're truthful about the relatable thing. But I wanted to kind of tell you a couple couple theories. So, to Omer, your, your point. When people set goals, one of the things that they don't do is they don't get specific enough. And studies have shown that you want to get pretty specific. The more specific your goal, the more likely you are to also, you probably want those things to be relatively close. So when I do my goal setting workshop with, with athletes, clients, individuals, yeah, we brainstorm 10 years, five years, one year, and we focus on that one year, but then we broke that, break that up into 12 quarter, or excuse me, four quarters, 12 weeks. And that's what I want people. And if there was a challenge for me, I would say, Hey, win Q1, treat this like this year. What can you get done in these next three months? Cause that's long enough that you have like potential to change your life. But short enough that it doesn't seem, you know, too too big, right? It's 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 manageable. Everything down from annual goals to quarterly goals to monthly goals to weekly goals, and I do it every week. I write out mantras, creeds, identity, and I goal set, and I get specific. So, give me a quick example. I want to lose thirty pounds this year. Okay, well that's kind of specific, but it's a lot more specific to say. I want to lose 30 pounds by October 29th and have a body fat percentage of 13%. Now we're getting even better. Maybe we add measurements to biceps, triceps, waistlines. Now we're getting even better. Maybe we even break that down to be like, well, you know what? I just need to lose four or five pounds in January. And I need to do that by drinking water every day, drinking a gallon of water and going for a walk every day. So specific. We want to start there. We want to get specific. Now, there's a system called the SMART goal system. You've probably heard of it. S-M-A-R-T. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. That is one goal theory. Another goal theory, I don't really have a name for it, but it's this Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins. And, and they're like that. They get specific in things, but they blow past that realistic. And they say, dream big. Dream yeah. big. You know, you don't want to make a million dollars a year. You want to make a million dollars a month. Now, hang on. This is where it's important. Why I value their opinion in this is because we have a line and you will live to your line. What you find comfortable. I promise you, if you, you will live to your line, let's say that your line is $50,000. Then, you know, you take a pay cut, you get laid off, whatever happens, you make $20,000, man, you're working side hustles. You're doing the extra thing. You're putting the time in and boom, 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 boom. You climb back up to that $50,000 line. 
but it also works the other way. You start doing well, you start making more money in your business or in your side hustle. And you're like, oh man, I don't know. Things are going pretty well. I could probably take a little break. And then boom, you, you start losing money. You live back to that line. So the reason I like the Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone theory is because you do have to move your line of what is comfortable with you from an income level, from a, a weight level, whatever goal you're setting. So here's how I've kind of worked it. I initially kind of took those Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone's approaches, and I took them in the short term, and then they made me feel really depressed. I set these goals of like making millions of dollars, and I, and I, and I failed. I didn't make a million dollars. I set this goal I wanted to, and they would tell you, well, you know, don't change your goals, just increase your activity. Fair enough. But what I found that works for me, and everybody's got to find what works for you, is that I set really smart, attainable goals in the short term, but I dream really big in the long term. I'm still feeding the mindset that this is not a comfortable lifestyle, that I want to go out and I want to be a millionaire. I want to earn millions upon millions and give that back. That's the line that I'm working to living. That said, I live in the present. You know, there was a, uh, a guy, Check Set Me High, he wrote this book on flow. And it talks about when there's a challenge that's just about 4% greater than your current ability or skill set, you fall into a state of flow. This is why if you were telling somebody to run a mile and let's say they average seven minute miles, well, you wouldn't want to tell them next week, hey, I need you to run a mile in five minutes. They'd probably come back and run a 705 or 655. But instead, give them a target. You're like, you know what? I know you run that seven minute mile. Can you get it in six minutes, 45 seconds? Can you beat that? Now they're more likely to try to try to do it because it's, it's attainable in their brain. So I take a hybrid approach. I dream big. I'm working towards that lifestyle, but I'm meeting myself where I'm at and I'm giving myself challenges. In that year that I didn't make a million dollars, I still tripled my income. There was no reason that I needed to necessarily be depressed about that. I just yeah. didn't hit that Tony Robbins level. But I kind of wonder, I was like, well, maybe if I did, I met myself where I was at a little bit and went just a little bit more, maybe I could have done a little bit better. And that's, that's kind of how I work today. Sounds great. But here's the question. You know how to set goals. So you understand the comfort level and you're trying to set something higher in order. That's the long-term goal, essentially. So if we go back to the example of, right? So person sets a goal and says, you know what? The long-term goal, I want to compete in a bodybuilding show, but short-term, I want to lose 30 pounds in a month. Well, that's not realistic. You're not going to lose a pound a day probably like uh, a healthy way, essentially. So that's a very unrealistic goal. So essentially what happens to people that do not know how, what's a realistic goal? Cause they have never been in that field. So somebody like another example, somebody walks in and says, Hey, I want to start doing jujitsu. I want to get my black belt in a year. That's a very specific goal, right? That's a very specific goal, but that's unachievable. We're laughing about it because it's unachievable, <laughs> but guess what? In their mind, they're like, why not? That's a, Why can't I lose 30 pounds in a month? Why can't I get a black belt in a year? Why can't I uh, do these things? Because they have never been in that field or never actually understood the process to understand what's realistic or not. So what do they do in that case? Well, I think, I think you, you know, when I said uh, when you're setting your goals, you want to have a good support network. I think that's part of it. Getting around the right type of people who have been where you want to go. Well, how long did it take you? How did you get there? You know, then you can begin to to challenge those assumptions. And and I'm very, very cautious about putting limits on anybody because you do have those David Goggins floating around there. And that dude did lose about 100 pounds in a period of about three months. I don't. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I know there's extreme cases of human potential. So I, I don't want to necessarily fully. Like in four or five years, I'm surprised a lot of people on one world championship. So there is. The, yeah, yeah I agree. We're kidding. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, Daniel Kahneman wrote this book, Thinking Fast and Slow. He's a social psychologist uh, who 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 won a Nobel Peace Prize, and he was mm -hmm. contracted by the the um, army to kind of basically figure out how to uh, basically hiring practices and procedures. You know, we're talking about what what's realistic, what's not realistic. So in his research, he found that like, oh God, I just totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. What I'm trying to get at is you said or your question was, hey, can you make this realistic or, or getting around people? Well, that's what it was. They wanted to create a textbook in this book, Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. And they went out with this goal that they were going to write a textbook in, you know, they're like, what do you think we could do it? Well, six months, two years. Well, what happened was they 
they figured out is like, is this even possible? They did their research about the goal. And they found that the average time to complete a textbook was actually closer to 10 years. And he was like, oh, well, you know, that's them. I'm me. Because everybody has that thought, right? Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's them. But, you know, they're not me. Like, I can I can show you what I can do. Yeah. So he found out like and, and discovered, well, how much experience did they have on the team that was trying to, to, to write this textbook? And they found out that they actually had more experience than they did. Well, they kept working. They're like, well, we're going to figure it out. Long story shortened. It didn't take him six months. Several people fell off the project. And the ultimate completion of that textbook wasn't complete until, I believe, 12 years. So you do have a point. It's it's always a balance. I never want to limit somebody. But do your research. Get around people who have done it before and set up like these understandable expectations or benchmarks of, hey, in industry, if there's a bell curve, you're going to have some Goggins over here. You're going to have the middle of the pack over here. And you have some real slow people on over here. Right. That's just your bell curve. Standard deviation. So know the data. If I want to you know, lose 30 pounds, how long is that going to take average to do? OK, there are some exceptions. Am I one of those exceptional people that have the things that can make me that way? Make sense. So to go over the notes, I think of, of what uh, what I pick up. So if we tell our audience, when you say no to data, basically, yeah, you can set goals, do research first, right? About, let's say the specific goal is, we're not going to name anything, just just do research. And also, I think what's more important, to be honest, that we don't see in here, I'm not saying us, but everybody, um, learn yourself, know yourself, learn what's, you know, it's hard for everybody to know, oh, I don't know my limitations. Well, you will figure it out. Yeah, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. So like a fun a fun exercise. I mean, Sun Tzu says to become invincible is to know thyself, right? That's one of his Sun Tzu's followers. It's in the art of war. So you're absolutely right. And what's interesting about that is he didn't say you had to be perfect to become invincible. He just said you had to understand yourself. So you're dead on. Understand yourself. Going back to goal setting a little bit, if, if your listeners kind of want to take an exercise, you're sitting here at the new year, a couple quick steps. One, review 2020. Feel the pain because there is a difference between motivation Motivation is, I feel like running today. Drive is the doctor's telling you, if you don't lose some weight, you're going to die. There's a difference. Understand that difference. If 2020 has really hurt you as bad as it has hurt you, then we don't need to talk about the potential excuses that are going to be out there. You're going to find a way. And if you doubt me, then come work with me a little bit because I've already done it with 20, 30 athletes this year (laughs) during this time. You'll find a way when your drive is there, period. Now, two, if you do have the drive, first great step, I think this is fun. So you review 2020, make a list, brain dump everything that you want to do ever, ever write a book, you know, learn to ride a horse, you know, but get my black belt, you know, lose 20 pounds, make $100,000, whatever it is, just write and brain dump everything out. Then step away from it for a little bit and then come back, maybe add some more things, refine it. This is a really fun exercise because it allows you to dream for a little bit. Then when you look at that, we've got to prioritize. You know, we have a bottleneck, time. You can choose three to five things on that list. And if they're big enough, we'll do it the whole year. And that's what I do. We star three to five things that we're going to get done in 2021. This is what we're going to do. And then we create our process of how we're going to get it done. And that's when I said that I break things up into quarterly goals, monthly goals, and weekly goals. But in the beginning, you've got to get clear. What I see a lot of people do is they want to do everything. Yep. And I talk about it like conquering cities. You know, if you try to conquer the, the weight loss city, and then you try to conquer the financial city, and then you try to go conquer the relationship city, well, your resources are spread too thin. Your supply lines are strained. Yeah. Yeah. Conquer one city. Absolutely. Get yeah. it. Lose your weight. Stay singular minded in that focus. And when you got that shit conquered, now you got a stronghold there. Now we're moving over to the financial sector. Like we talked about that certain individual friend of ours that just not focused on bounce from one thing and ever to literally we, we have a friend and uh, bless his heart. You know, he, he, he exactly when you said he's, he doesn't conquer just one city and does so much and he's talented. But man, 
A, go such in dark depth that to the point, you know, you yourself, like me, I was like, I can't help an individual like that because it's even getting me dark. Just, right. to, you know, there was somebody like that. It just does not try to conquer all of the oh, same Yeah, time. And then when you put it, it pointed out, sometimes they don't see it and they think, look, you're trying to stop me. I was like, no, bro, we're you just trying it. to tell you that there's certain things. And, and I've noticed also in our culture or society, and, and this year it took a beating. And I, I blame also the past four years. And, I, and I'm not being political, but one thing it helps that in the beginning, and I totally respect and love him for what he said. You just can't manage life continuously with negative news, negative disrespect. Uh, I mean, it, that's what our four years is. We're yeah. not going to deny this. I mean, we just you open the TV. We're looking at a grown men or politician, men and women going at it, just giving that well, harsh sides, news yeah. and people doing. I mean, of course, now look at the results. That's so true. I do believe. Yeah, I, I believe honestly for you to conquer things. There's also other things you need to shut off. Yeah, yeah. And you're, I mean, it's just like what he said. Get up in the phone and, and what? I tell you, I got banned from Facebook now for 60 days, and it's the best thing ever. Yeah. I know I got banned because I just said something. I'm like, come on, people, really? But honestly, I've noticed something. I got refocused on um, because my Instagram is like my personal money thing. I use Facebook because of the local business, unfortunately. But it's funny. I look at this crowd, the difference. I just open the page and look, and I'm like, man, this person. About two months ago, was talking about this. They're still talking about it. Yeah. Holy cow! It's been sixty days. What have you done in sixty days? No, exactly. You know, it's yeah. just it's a, that influence, the outside influence. I think. I mean, it's a double-edged sword because you you need the outside influence, as you said, Caleb, and the support network. These are the experts in that field. That if I have a question about certain area, like weight loss, I'm gonna go to a coach or go to somebody like Ethan Bender or somebody. They're like, hey, what can I do to set this goal? They're the experts that will help me with goal setting. But also at the same time, I feel like if the support network might work against you, because sometimes you have family members who are negative. You might have friends who are negative, uh, and they're not exactly your support network. They're not doing anything but adding that weight. You know, I, we all. I have a cousin that I stop responding to his calls because every time I call him, the first word out of his mouth is everything is disastrous, the whole world is burning, uh, everything is bad, the, uh, every single is going bad, he mentions it in the first five seconds. And I get depressed listening to him, so I stop responding to his calls. So I feel like it's 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 good to have the network of support, but you got to choose, I like setting the goals, you got to choose them wisely. Because yeah, you're, you're going to end up with dead weight that's just holding you back. Yeah, so I've gone back and forth on this one. I agree. There are certainly people in my life who I've had to limit exposure to because of exactly what you said. You know, mm -hmm. I believe, or my theory is everybody's a vessel and you gotta be cognizant of what you're feeding your vessel, what you feed grows. You know, I think at any three times, you know, we are, we are consuming, we are destroying, or we are creating. But what you consume is going to influence what you create and what you destroy. Yep. Instruction's not necessarily bad and creation's not necessarily good. It's just kind of the states we operate in. That said, I do think that this rhetoric that gets fed about like, you know, choosing your circle, cutting out, leaving people behind. I have to be careful with this. Like, <laughs> yes, like you have to choose your circle wisely. I'm seeing a lot of people become very self-centered and it's concerning. Like the fact that, I mean, we're put here to bear each other's burdens. This is really hard. And sometimes when people can't get love, they'll settle for connection. And unfortunately, one of the best ways to get connection is to tell you how shitty my life is. God, my life's so horrible because, you know, I know I can't win out here and that's not going to give me connection, but I can at least have you feel for my pain out here. Well, no, we don't want to feed that in them, but at the same time, that's a hurting person. That's, that's somebody who's in, in real pain. So it's a balance. So just be aware that, you know, are we pruning the right people out? And I'm not saying with your, your cousin or whoever that that's not something that you need to do. It might be. It really is. I'm just saying I wish people would exercise more caution and wisdom in this, too, because it does get fed just so so sharp in our culture. It's, yeah, like, it's all or nothing. <laughs> are you you're talking about um, apathy? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say, Cal? I mean, uh, or am I wrong to have like... Uh, uh, not sympathy. I mean, sympathy. Sometimes I, feel, I don't know. I, I just think sympathy is not the word. But, but, I mean, I, but I'm just kind of trying to. I see what you're saying, but I'm trying to follow up what you're trying to say. Is it? Yes. I mean, me being a coach, I can't reject anyone, and it's not just because profession. It's in me. 
but I also have to be careful too. But when somebody comes and knocks on my door, coach, I need to talk. I know there's something. But also, it dep- and when I say it depends who, sometimes you get a person that's every day there's something. You see, right. you, I mean, there's a balance on what I can, you know, notice. I'm not saying to reject, uh, and this is not going against your cousin because I know who you're talking about and I understand with you and I agree with you on this one. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I that's understand. what I'm saying. You got to know. Yeah, so this, this is why maybe like, Omar comes across. They're like, oh, no. No, I agree with Omar 100%. Yeah. Um, but there's people also, some people go in a want of a bad shit timing. Yep. And this is this is not their fault. I mean, I've been you already talked about your story. I've literally once had a year of just complete shit. Yeah. And I think people will be honest, like, God damn, this guy has a dark cloud on him. So also, like you said, I think we'd be careful because somebody might be going through that. But also, don't you figure out maybe we should, I think with your profession, Cab, somebody who have the uh, the tools for us to understand this is an energy vampire, or this is really somebody going through a bad time. I feel like there's different between exactly a person who is going through something. We've all been through shit, and we have an amazing network that stands by us and supports yes, us through yes. it. But then you have people who are exactly the vampires. And these are the people who are uh, uh, purposely trying to sabotage somebody's goal. So it might be, uh, I'm trying to go work out, and this person calls me every single day, the exact same time, and says, oh, what are you doing? You're about to go work out? Well, no, we're going to the bar. Hey, uh, what are you doing? You're dieting? Well, no, fuck dieting. Let's go uh, eat out. And this is now a person who's purposely trying to sabotage my goal because maybe they're miserable in their own lives. Maybe they're going through, maybe they're whatever. But at this time now, I have to sacrifice between being there for my cousin versus being there for myself because I can't achieve my goal when I have somebody showing up to my house every single day knocking on my door and I'm trying to go work out or I'm trying to go do something or I'm trying to do that. It becomes a balance, right? You're, that's all I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's a balance. And I think sometimes in our culture, only one message gets heard. So we have to say one side like super, super loud, or we have to say the other side super, super loud. But no, it's a balance. And in this case, yeah, if, there, if somebody who is, self, is is trying to purposely sabotage you, yeah, you might need to cut that out. Like get them get them away. Don't, don't put them in your life. I just didn't want to spread the message to any of our listeners out there that, oh, I just need to cut everybody out of my life, but I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start going. No, it's, it's certainly a balance. And you will have people like most of us, the majority of us like to live for significance. And so if I create, remember I told you, consume, create, destroy. Yeah. Like, you know, consume is one of the, the easier levels. Destroy takes a little bit more work. Create probably takes the most work. You think about building a house, probably going to take you a lot longer to build that house than to destroy that house. Well, somebody like yourself starts building their body, building their mind, they, your tower looks big. And if I live in scarcity or scarcity mindset, well, God, he's got a big tower. My tower doesn't look big. So I'm going to try to knock down his tower. And it's much easier to knock down your tower and sabotage you than to build my own. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely right. you got to set proper boundaries. I just want people to be understanding of that there's a real person behind there when you do. Yes. And they really are hurting. And if you look at why they're hurting, it's probably because they feel small to begin with. Yeah. And we don't want to crush the world and our no. greatness. We just want to be great. And inspire you to be greater. At least that's what I want. I think that's what we lost as a nation. Yeah. To be honest. To hope uh, others. One thing, I'll speak as a, a, a kid that's an immigrant from a family of immigrants. And I tell a lot of our listeners, I'm it's the same, even though I was born here, but I am fully immigrant from my family that brought me. I didn't even live here when I was first born. I was born in East St. Louis. Mom and dad, you know, were poor immigrants. You couldn't even have money and time to raise me because they were trying to find their future. They left me with my grandma for a bit. But that being said, I bounced around so many countries. It built something in me to the fact that I never felt home. So I was very insecure as a child, to be honest with you, of the fear of I can't attach to this room because I don't know if that's going to be my room. Exactly. I don't know where, where it is home. And I can't even attach to friends. Like now I have friends at this age. But before I might find the super duper best homie ever in my life. But man, fuck six months from now, dad's moving again. Oh, right. And it made me cold, but not on purpose. Right. So I, I, but I understand that pain. Like when I wanted to see it, it's like, man, I feel so isolated. So, so I truly agree. But here's what I want to go back before I get to, you know, retract what this nation is known to be great of. And I will say this, and a lot of people don't understand. And we such Americans took it so hard in the chin this year, but we forgot this past couple of years made us ugly because if you know this country 
you know this because you're involved in politics overseas. This is the most shareable country in the world. I remember sitting with my father with big names from the United States and the Saudi government talking. I would never forget hearing this. They said if America sneezed and it has a cold, the world would get cancer. And think about that concert. As a kid, I was like, what the hell? What the? And you know, so I talked to dad because I couldn't in- interfere uh, between the adults talking. You know, that's how we are. So I was in the car with dad. I was like, you know, so-and-so said this. What does it mean? How does that make sense? He's like, son, which is means, he's like, think about it. A country like Africa, son, he's like, you heard me talking about the work we have to deliver the medications. I was like, yes. He said, a country like Africa, if America stopped one day from the help, that whole country would go down. To me as a kid, that was amazed back. I'm like, wow, what is he talking about? So then I started digging and understanding as I grow. And an American was known to be the help, the giver, the hope. So and this, hope of the world, and yeah. what bothers me eats me inside out, honestly. This year, especially, I look, I was like, my God, this country had the most shareable, strongest blend of the dream. And now look at them. You, you see? Yeah. And it also hurts because. You see this country that did this amazing things, becoming a laughing stock, you know, about others. And it takes certain individuals to do it. But what I'm trying to say is like, I do believe if we went to back, and Caleb is already saying it, what he's saying, that, man, I think a lot of people won't be in this mess where we did. If just that listening and just, you know, that touch of hearing this person saying, instead of you implementing, oh, shit, he's just a depressing person, or he's just, you know, one of those uh, negative fucks. Oh, I'm tired of this guy and his shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I agree 100%, and I wish we have that out more, especially th- this past year. Yeah. I wish as we go into 2021, as we are in this year, that need to be practiced more. That need to be pushed more among everybody. Doesn't yeah. take it's just easy to help others. You'd be surprised how it's too much effort for certain people. And I think we can. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, moving from an I vision to a we vision a little bit without kind of, you know, you mentioned like hope and, and the younger generation struggling with hope. And I, I told you before the call, I, I agree. I, I've seen this as well, you know, been around them and it's very difficult to maintain hope when you're constantly being inundated messages of, of negativity and fear. But once again, you know, you have a vision. Like we have to actually be able to see a vision instead of letting somebody else create our vision for us. And I would hope that we could come up with a vision where just like in a marriage, yeah, I want this for myself and you want that for yourself, but can we bring our visions together? Exactly. So whether you're from the left or from the right or, yeah. you know, racial, wherever you're at, yeah. can we learn how to talk in a way where like, yeah, I'm going to be myself, I'm going to be true, but we can both have a similar vision of what this country can look like. I think that makes more sense. So to start in, and then, you know, hope, you know, I, I would say is related to faith. And one of the things I talk about in our five camps is, and I'm not going to, I know we're running short on time, but faith to me is a choice. It's a choice. You can choose to have faith, right? When you, it can be a lot easier to make that choice. I just want to talk about touch on faith uh, quick before we yeah. go move on. I didn't mean to touch you, but when you say a faith, this goes like really broad to our audience. So you're saying religious or faith in, you know, just to kind of emphasize what you, what do you mean, faith? What do you mean by that term sure. faith? I, you know, not in a religious context, the act of mm-hmm. believing, the act of hoping. So if I talk about faith in my fighters, we believe we can win. And that's important. It's important to believe you can win. How odd, how likely are you to get the win if you don't believe you're going to win? Exactly. Well, it's the same thing in America. It's the same thing in your life or your goal setting. Do you believe you can win? And furthermore, like faith is a choice. Yes, it can be easier to make that choice if you've done it before, if you have the right network, if you've trained. But, bro, I've worked with athletes who've taken fights on 48 hours notice that weren't like religiously training or in the gym. And yet they've gone out and they're like, this is my moment. I believe it. And how many times have you seen an athlete with a better camp, better coaches, better training, better shape, but didn't believe in themselves go against an athlete who did believe in themselves? And all of a sudden that athlete wins. They just pull off the shot. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It happens all the time. And you even see it with major big stars. You can tell that shift or change in them. You're like, what just happened? (laughs) But then you see this hungry young dog. He knows. It's like, I'm going to, let's say, for instance, Love Anderson Silva. Met him. Love him to death. But I felt his opponent had that in him from a long time. I was calling it. 
I'm going to beat him, but I love him, but I want to, you, you know, yeah, he had right. it. I watched that fight. He even told me what just happened. I was like, you know what? I'm not shocked because I felt it um, from his opponent. He had that, yeah. I mean, you know, and everybody's like, the he ain't going to do it. No, but so if you're going to, if you're going to go into this year, then I'm going to challenge you. Believe you can win. Make the choice. Yes. Don't ask the world if I can win. You decide if you're going to win. And then act upon that belief because faith without works is dead. That's just talk. And I'm not even saying you got to go Goggins approach and run crazy. I mean, maybe if that's your thing, but maybe it just starts by taking a small step today. Maybe that step is writing down, I believe, and putting that on your mirror, putting that off your wall, putting that on your refrigerator, wherever it is. I do it on my mirror in the bathroom. I got my every day. And sometimes I'll pull them out and say, all right, this is how I feel. Yeah, I do that. Absolutely. And it, it's weird how it works, but it works. No, it works. It does. Seeing it. So if we know that athletes perform better who have faith, and if we know that faith is a choice, then why would we not make the choice to believe? Exactly. So to, to recap what you said before we, we summon it up, set goals. You can always use your network to your advantage in terms of consulting with them on setting goals to set realistic goals, to set goals that are achievable, that are measurable, that are smart. I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. You're right, but there's a step before that. The first thing that I said is sit in the suck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Embrace it. Feel the pain. 2020 has sucked. You are going to need that pain to go win in 2021. Just FYI, I'm pretty sure we have shirts, the, the gym shirts that says embrace the suck on it. Yep. I have Yeah. yeah. Embrace the suck. Uh, set goals. You can always consult with people if it's in a field that you don't, you're don't, you not familiar with to set realistic goals. Believe in yourself. Uh, have faith that you're able to do it and have things, easy steps. And, and, and when you fail in one of those steps, let's say you set a goal for the week and you fail that week, you keep going, right? You don't quit. Grace. You, yeah. you, you embrace the grace. Again. And you go back and forth. What would you like to add more, uh, uh, Caleb, to kind of sum it up before we end in terms of people who are setting goals this year and trying to stay motivated, starting to work out, trying to eat healthy, trying to start a business? May trying I to add do something it? quick before we give it to Kev? Just one yeah, thing. And course. I think uh, I, I know Kev, he has this about him and I am a firm believer in it. I just spoke about it. I think also compassion. Yeah. It's good to have it in you. And helping others will make you different. I swear. I, I really believe in this. And that's just my extra on this. Go ahead, Cap. It's yours. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You feel the pain, right? You, you, get, you sit in that pain, and that's going to create a drive. Not a want to, not a should, a drive. This is going to happen. When anybody hits that point of blatant honesty, I don't want to say cruelty, but it's almost a point where, like, enough is enough, it shifts. Then get a plan. Get a vision. What does future state or future you look like? See that, visualize that every day, winning or doing or being the thing that you are. Set a plan, a a strategy, that's your goals, that's your timeline for your goals. And in the beginning, make it short term. You know, yeah, we're gonna set an annual strategy, but win this quarter. If the quarter's too big, win January. Win this week, right? Get it down into bite-sized habits. Like I said, make it social and accountability. You know, get yourself a mental coach, go join a group, you know, and I, I will say this. I think one of the biggest things are is that people sometimes frame these things as being like awful or negative or painful. It's way more like fun when you when you do it with somebody else. Oh, you can make things social. Yes. Like you, you get a buddy and you go out and we're like, hey, we're going to work out together. And quick sidebar, get a buddy who has the values that you want, not maybe the values that you currently have. So if you find somebody who's like knows how to work out and they live and breathe health and you're not very healthy, you, like I said, choosing your circle, get in that circle, start absorbing their values because they've got something figured out that you don't. That's a good point you kind of point out, especially when you were talking about the circle, the like-minded thing, it doesn't work sometimes. No, I, think it, I think, isn't that when you were saying feeding that yeah, ego, the, I'm sitting with blind me. leading the blind. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to fail. Everybody I've ever met failed. I fail all the time, but I am not where I was before. Like the, the name of the game is the game isn't over until you win. Yes. Just keep going. Give yourself grace. This is a hard time. That's, that's, that's why I, it's, it's constantly what side of the balance do we need to feed? Do we need to feed the pain, the power? Do we need to feed the love, the grace? I don't know where you're at today, but you do. We're, we're going to have your contact information in this uh, podcast. Thank you. Um, what services can 
the average person get from you? Yeah. Oh, I don't work with average people. <laughs> no, I uh, just tease it. Mentalsensei.com. You can go, you can hit me up. I'm, I always do my best to give a complimentary session this year. One of my goals is, and this is another thing you can do, tell people your goals, make it public. I'm going to run group sessions in 2021. I need to start scaling my time moving away. So I'm going to start looking at running more group coaching sessions, athletes, high performers, executives, you know, you can, you can contact me through that. If you're the type of person, like, and this is tough, this is tough for me to say, but, but I look for that fighting spirit. There's gotta be a part of you that wants to fight. I have to see that. I've worked with too many people where, you know, I can't give you the willpower. I can't give you the drive. You've got to have that. So if you do have that, if you are a fighter and you want clarity, if you want purpose, if you want strategies, then come talk to me. I do coaching. Later this year, I'm filming a, a online eight-week fight camp prep course, eight or nine-week fight camp prep course. So that way athletes who maybe don't can't afford coaching one-on-one, they have an option. Hey, get this, lifetime access to this. And like I said, group coaching seminars. I'm going to be doing seminars. I'd love to come back out to Warriors Academy. You guys are a great group. I to say, Caleb, I mean – yeah, I have a feeling. I just told Omar, and this is funny. I was like, I think Caleb's going to be a regular in this podcast. He's not going to take one side. I see, see, we have so much. This is not even enough. So ladies and gentlemen, don't sweat it because they jumped on us every time we say somebody's going to come in for counseling. Like, oh, no, no, no. They go crazy. And they're like, why did you get them again? I was like, my God, if you only know the timing, how we put this. But brother, I totally appreciate you. I appreciate your time. You're a blessing down here. And honestly, so God, I keep telling people we're so lucky in Kansas City to have someone like you. Literally, I get surprised when athletes don't seek someone like you. And 100% you are coming to my academy 100%. My students are annoying the shit out of me. I was like, can we get over this COVID, please? We will do it. Just calm down. It's going to happen. So, 2021, yeah. we the mental sensei at Warriors. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, thank you both so much. It's been my honor. Really, yes. Thank you. I appreciate, appreciate your time. Okay. Take care. Did it come up here? Great. Hold on. We just got to stop recording. Oops.